Welcome to episode number three of the Computer Business Marketing Show. Today's episode is brought to you by TechSite Builder. TechSite Builder is a website builder that allows you to quickly and easily get a clean and professional website up and running for your computer or tech-focused business. Save time and frustration with TechSite Builder. Learn more at TechSiteBuilder.com. And it's brought to you by the DC Unconvention 2017, the second annual conference for IT business owners. Learn from fellow techs and business owners, get business strategies that work in the real world, and discover new tech. Learn more at unconvention.io. Today, we talk with Robert Simmons of Hatmen Marketing, who sheds light on the mysterious world of Facebook ads. How can you get started and how can you make sure your ads are effective and you're not wasting money? Robert will have those answers for you. Also, we're going to talk about our favorite smartphone apps that we use to run our business on the go. And we remind you to start paying attention to a very overlooked web uh, page on your website. All that and so much more coming up right now. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode three of the Computer Business Marketing Show. If you own or work in an IT services business, this is the place to learn how to get more clients, keep them happy, and grow your revenue. You can watch, download, or subscribe to all show episodes at computerbusinessmarketing.com. You can also catch our live stream on Facebook every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern. Just be sure to like the TechSite Builder Facebook page and click on the following tab and then select See First to see the live stream and it'll jump to the top of your feed every time. All right, guys, today uh, we're excited to have a guest on the show. His name is Robert Simmons, and he is going to be talking to us about Facebook ads. Also, I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Paco LeBron. How are you doing, Paco? Better than good, better than most, man. How are you? Excellent, excellent. How are you doing, Robert? I'm pretty good. How about you? Good, good. Thanks for being on the show today. Um, we're really excited to dig into the world of Facebook ads it's a scary and confusing world, and so we want you to help us kind of uh, make some sense of it. Uh, but before we do that, um, just kind of want to see, Paco, what's been going on in your world. Yes, Robert, please help us with Facebook ads. <laughs> um, not much has really happened since last week. Uh, it's been more business as usual. Um, I've My business has become involved with the local, or not local, but the Illinois Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. Um, as of last week, we officially joined. So we've been meeting with them. Uh, a couple of resources from that side and a couple other meetings going on and hopefully some good information for next week's show because um, I will be heading over to Google's Chicago headquarters in about 45 minutes or so. Nice. What, uh, what are you going to be doing uh, over there? Uh, Google's holding a workshop for helping uh, small business or uh, helping Hispanic small business owners. Um, the chamber uh, partnered with a couple other Latino organizations, so looking to see uh, what they have. It's three hours, so should be hopefully some good information to bring for everyone um, that is Latino and non-Latino into the uh, show that's listening. Very cool. Yeah, I look forward to hearing about how that goes in the uh, the next episode. Awesome. Um, uh, Let's see what's been going on with me. Uh, oh, so, you know, doing a lot of stuff with TechSite Builder, uh, a lot of behind the scenes stuff. Um, and we've been having fun also in the computer business marketing Facebook group. Um, and in fact, uh, something I would just want to talk about today is an issue that someone uh, brought up to me uh, in the Facebook group. Um, and this is something that could, I guess, happen to anybody who's in a Facebook group or on Facebook. 
Uh, but what, there, there was an issue where he was um, he was in the group. He was a member of the group. We uh, uh, let him into the group, and you know we didn't block him or anything. He was in the group. He was able to see certain posts, but other posts he wasn't able to see. And in fact, one of the posts he was he was tagged in by someone, uh, and so he tried to view that post that he was tagged in, but he wasn't able to view it. It was saying he was blocked for some reason, and we couldn't figure out why because um, he was in the group. Sometimes what could happen is if like I personally block someone on my Facebook account, then they're not able to see my posts in groups and stuff. But neither of us had blocked each other, um, so we were we were really scratching our heads. And so it took us a, a little while, and then to to kind of dig into like exactly what posts weren't he seeing. And it turns out he wasn't seeing the um, the, the posts that I have like scheduled uh, weekly from Buffer. So like um, in the in the Facebook marketing group, we have. Um, uh, daily posts ab- about computer business marketing uh, tips and stuff. Like we have Marketing Monday and Tech Tuesday and Win Wednesday, and you know we have kind of these themes uh, during the days. And and that's in one of those posts is where he was tagged, and he couldn't see it. So that got me thinking. Well, maybe it had something to do with Buffer. And so uh, after a while, it turns out that the guy had um, blocked Buffer, uh, the, the the Buffer app in, from Facebook. So he was. In doing that, he wasn't able to see any posts that people posted through the Buffer service. And if you don't know, Buffer is is a social media sharing service where you can you know have a bunch of posts that you can put in a in a queue, and then it it posts those to your social media. So uh, he was uh, not able to um, see those Buffer posts until he unblocked the Buffer app. And normally, you know, when you normally when you block an app, it's usually those annoying Facebook games or or those you know quiz apps or whatever that you just don't want to see notifications for all the time, but uh, but for some reason and we're not sure how he ended up blocking Buffer and then he wasn't able to see any Buffer posts. So just keep that in mind if you're not able to see certain posts or if you're tagged in a post and you're not able to um, participate in that post or view it, it might be that you somehow um, blocked the app that is being used to actually post those posts to Facebook. So just a little interesting tip to uh, to keep an eye out for. Also, uh, speaking of the marketing group, um, we're going to add kind of a new uh, new feature to the show where we talk about um, you know some some topics that have come up in the in the Facebook group because it's it's a computer business marketing Facebook group. So whatever we talk about there, I think would certainly be relevant to the show. Um, so I wanted to talk about one post in particular that we had uh, earlier this week that was asking folks what are the apps that they use on their phone when they're on the go to run their business. So, um, you know, a lot of us with smartphones nowadays uh, running a business, there's a lot of cool services and apps that we use in the cloud or whatever that have apps on the phone. Um, so personally, I love to like, I love the flexibility to be able to go out and walk my dog or go for a long lunch and still be able to check in on, you know, help tickets and, and chats and emails and stuff on my phone and be able to take care of stuff even when I'm out. Cause that means I'm not chained to my desk. Uh, for a long, uh, long time. So um, I just thought it'd be cool maybe to go around the group here and see what apps you guys use uh, on your phone to run your business when you're on the go. Um, I'll start with Paco. What do you, what do you, what's kind of your go-to apps for that? Apps? I don't use apps. What are you talking about? <laughs> no. Um, so probably the most key apps that I have, I'm looking at my phone right now, um, is my 8x8 virtual office. So essentially, that is my roaming office line. So if I need to call out and I'm not by my landline, I can use that app on my cell phone and it'll call as if it's my actual office number. 
versus my cell number. So I use yeah. that one pretty extensively. Um, I manage a lot of our online presence. Uh, so basically a lot of what brings in my business is uh, Google Maps slash Google Search and um, Yelp Search. So I have the Google My Business app um, to respond to any reviews that come in. Same thing with Yelp business app, same thing for any inquiries that go through because sometimes clients will, or potential clients or prospects will message through Yelp. And that allows me to reply directly to them through that app. Um, other than that, the only other key one, I mean, there's plenty of other ones I have there, but um, my remote support one, uh, Splashtop, is what I use to remote into my client's PC for any unattended or on-demand remote services that I need to uh, take care of. Well, that uh, that Google and Yelp one is is a is a good idea because that way you know you don't want to leave a bad review kind of hanging if someone happens to you know have a bad review, which yeah, I'm sure and, doesn't happen a lot. But if it does, you want to get in there and really like respond right. to it right away. And especially the inquiries because Yelp came up with that thing where they have a highlight on the profile says response responds in X amount of hours or very are very responsive whatever the case may be on that case so um having it, the mobile app allows to limit that time frame because at one point since I didn't have the app it was saying that I it took me about an average of five hours to get back to somebody versus now it says very responsive for an hour if it's just a quick blurb of a canned response for an inquiry. Right. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, Robert, how about you? What do you um, use to run your business on the go from your phone? Yeah, I've got way too many apps. <laughs> I've got Trello is my project management system, so I use that. Uh, I've got a couple of remote workers that I use that with, and also Slack to communicate with them. Um, love Slack. Spend way too much time in there. But <laughs> um, I've got my Facebook ad manager. They have a mobile app for that. Um, it's a little more limited than you can use. Like when you're on, you're on the desktop, you have a lot more options, but it's great for managing ads, not necessarily creating new ones. So if I uh, want to check in and see how something's doing or if something's taking off or ad gets dis- disapproved or something like that, I can access it quickly. Um, outside of that, I've got a few other smaller apps like a FTP app. If I need to log in and fix something on a site real quick and stuff like that, but that's pretty much oh, it. Nice. What's the FTP app? Uh, I use Transmit. So it's a, it's a Mac app, and they also have an iOS app to go with it, and you can uh, save and sync your sites uh, through Dropbox, so I don't have to worry about keeping Sweet. a keychain with me or anything. Yeah, nice. Cool, yeah, that, that's pretty similar to, to the apps that I use. I use Trello and Slack, and those are both have awesome mobile experiences. Like You can really kind of manage those well on a mobile phone. And then I have like the, the chat app that I have on TechSite Builder is Talk2, and they have a pretty cool uh, mobile app as well. So if anyone jumps on the website and has a sales question or something or a support question uh, in the chat app, um, I have my VA taking care of that. But if she's at lunch or busy with something else, I can jump in there and answer the questions. And then, you know, the usual stuff like Google and all the Google apps and, and Dropbox and Skype and all that stuff. So yeah, it's 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 definitely a, a cool world we're living in these days where we can, you know, kind of, basically keep our business going uh, from wherever we are. Very cool. All right. So um, let's go ahead and uh, this is kind of a good transition to jump into the interview. Before we do that, I do want to give a shout out to our first sponsor, and that is the uh, DC Unconvention 2017. So this is the uh, big convention this year for computer business owners, IT professionals, um, IT services businesses, MSPs, 
uh, mom and pop break fix shops. If, if you run a computer business, this is the convention to be at. Uh, we're holding it here uh, in my, not my hometown, but where I live right now is, is near Washington, D.C. Um, so I'm kind of helping coordinate uh, the venue. It's going to be at this very cool co-working space. Um, it's up on the third floor of, of a building that's literally walking distance from the monuments and the museums and all the cool stuff in Washington, D.C. Um, it's a very cool space, and uh, and we got a great schedule. So here's what the schedule is going to be like. This is the 16th and 17th of September. Uh, on the 16th, which is a Saturday, we're going to have uh, what we call a pod note, which is all of us podcast hosts are going to get together and kind of have a panel discussion. Um, and we're going to uh, talk about you know, how to sell your services effectively to your customers. And we're going to go around the room and talk about our experiences, take questions, that kind of thing. Going to be very interactive. We're also going to have uh, some interactive um, time with our sponsors. So we're going to have uh, computer vendors there. TechSite Builder is going to be there. We're going to, uh, Malwarebytes is also a sponsor. So you're going to have the opportunity to sit down during lunch on Saturday and actually uh, watch a demo from the different sponsors that we have there. Um, and then ask them questions. So this is your opportunity to sit across from the people who can actually make stuff happen with these uh, different vendors. And we know Malwarebytes is great with this. They were at the uh, unconvention last year, and they were really attentive and listened to everything that we had to say. Um, the folks who had complaints about it, they were heard and they were fixed. And the folks who um, you know had questions, those were answered. So that's a great opportunity. Later on then on Saturday, we're going to... Uh, have a uh, presentation from a guest expert, and we're still working out who that's going to be, but we've got a couple folks in mind, and it's definitely going to be exciting to hear from them. Then later on that afternoon, we're going to have working groups where we're going to sit in small groups and discuss in kind of a structured format different topics, whether it be around pricing or marketing or productivity. You'll be able to kind of deep dive into those different topics with a group of your peers and come away with some actionable items. And that's only on Saturday. Then we have another day on Sunday where we're going to have more uh, vendor conversations with our sponsors. And then we're going to have some hands-on labs where you can get your hands dirty with different new technology and uh, learn about things like uh, the cloud, networking, compliance, social media, SEO, all of that stuff. You'll have demos, you'll have walkthroughs, um, a bunch of hands-on labs with the, that kind of stuff. And then later on Sunday, we'll have um, a time for networking amongst your peers. So the big thing about this convention is that you're going to be able to network with other like-minded business owners. That was a big takeaway from last year's convention is all the tips and tricks that people shared. A lot of people came away from the unconvention with lots of cool new things to try that they learned from other business owners who had been using that stuff and making it work for their business. So definitely something to check out. Head on over to unconvention.io to uh, check out uh, the unconvention. And we have a coupon code for you guys. So it's already a very affordable convention compared to all the other uh, conventions that are out there. But we wanted to give you guys a deal uh, for loyal listeners of this podcast and users of TechSite Builder. We have a promo code you can use. It's TSB. So when you check out uh, on unconvention.io, just use the promo code TSB. And that will get you, um, I believe, $40 off the ticket price. So uh, definitely do that, and we'll see you at the Unconvention in D.C. in September. All right, guys, let's jump into the feature topic. 
And today, that is an interview with Robert Simmons. Robert Simmons is the owner of Hatman Marketing, and uh, he is a marketing website guru here to talk to us today about uh, specifically Facebook ads. So uh, thanks for being on the show today, Robert. How are you doing? I'm good. Thanks for yeah, having no me. Yeah, no problem. Um, so we can tell uh, just by looking at you where the name Hatman comes from. <laughs> Yep. Uh, you definitely uh, rock the hat and you do it well. And uh, every time I've talked to you, you, you have a different, uh, different type of headgear on. And so that's uh, definitely on brand. I mean, when we first went live to Facebook today, uh, one of the first comments someone had was, uh, hello, Matt, hello, Paco, and hello, guy in the hat. So you got, you got your branding down, that's for sure. Um, so just uh, help us uh, understand how you got to the point where you are right now. What's your background and um, what is, uh, you know, some of the things that led you to running your own business? So um, I started out when I was in college, actually working for the school I went to and helped them start an online branch of their college, um, built and ran the recording studio, helped them build the online platform, um, put a lot of systems and processes in place there. And then uh, once I graduated, they actually had me come in and teach several different classes like Photoshop and some, some uh, basic level classes like intro to photography and stuff. Um, I got tired of working there mainly because I didn't make enough money and there's not really much money when you're in, you know, education and not, uh, not online education, but actually physical colleges. So I went to an agency out in uh, the suburbs of Chicago and they, my first day there, uh, had a guy that quit and walked out and he was their, um, paperclip guy. And they were like, hey, you, have you ever run ads before on Facebook or on Google? And I was like, yeah, Google gave me a credit one time when I signed up for something. So I ran like a hundred bucks worth of ads. They're like, cool, you're the head of the department now. <laughs> nice, <laughs> I was like, nice. all right. So I was kind of thrown in with like five clients uh, managing maybe eight or, eight or $9,000 worth of ad spend that month um, and kind of revamped what the guy had done jumped in pretty hard and, and learned a lot about that space, um, which kind of led me to learn about organic SEO and the way that pay-per-click and organic SEO can work together really nicely, um, specifically on the Google side of things. And I was working at that agency for a while, um, but it was a really far drive. So I wound up transitioning to an agency close to my house for another year and running their SEO department and pay-per-click departments. And then uh, from there, I was able to have enough clients on my own to transition into a full-time job working for myself, um, doing just digital marketing for small, mostly small businesses in the area, but a few that are out of town as well. So Awesome. Yeah. And, uh, and we got acquainted through a uh, mutual um, WordPress uh, consultants program that we're going through and uh, a lot of really, um, really smart people in that group that we're going to be bringing on the show in later episodes uh, you included, and I know you definitely, um, you actually joined us on a webinar around uh, Google Analytics. So um, I, I love having you on because when you learn a specific uh, topic, you dive deep and you, you get to know it very well uh, because you know you, you're going to be providing that service to clients and you, you want to know the ins and outs of it as much as possible. So, uh, so today I, I wanted to kind of dig into Facebook ads because that's a very popular topic that um, a lot of our listeners are always asking about. A lot of the uh, participants in our Facebook groups are always having questions around it and stuff like that. So maybe we can kick off the conversation around Facebook ads by 
kind of talking about, in, in your opinion, what is maybe the best way to get started? If there's a, if someone who's running uh, their computer business, maybe they just got started or, you know, maybe the initial wave of, of, of word of mouth clients is starting to die down and they, they, they're like, oh, I got to start advertising and they want to check out this whole Facebook ads thing. Uh, what, what is kind of the first thing they should do to, to get their feet wet in, in Facebook ad world? So before you ever start running your very first ad, um, I always recommend going in and getting your Facebook advertising pixel. Um, there's a lot of instructions on the Facebook help, help site to walk you through that. But if you grab that pixel, go ahead and get it installed on your website, um, just like you have, should have Google Analytics already installed there as well. You want to get that on there as early as possible so you can start accumulating data from that. Because using that pixel, it will allow you to target people in a more advanced way. So I could say target people who've been to my site in the last 30 days if I had that pixel on the website. So before I ever touch an ad for a client, the first thing I do is go straight to their site and install that pixel if it's not already there. That way we can start accumulating data so we can build up an audience big enough to target with that. And that's how you can tell the behavior of people once they leave Facebook and, and land on your site, right? Exactly. Yeah. You can okay. go in there and say, if they've, if they've been to this page but have not been to this page, then I want to serve them this set of ads. You can get really granular with it, um, which is extremely valuable because you can have a highly targeted ad that seems like it was crafted just for that person. Cool. What would you say if uh, would be a good duration for someone who put their pixel on and you know they got to obviously leave it on their site for some time before they get some valuable data out of it. What would you think would be a good uh, threshold to at least start something? It's going to totally depend on the amount of traffic you're getting to your site. Um, the minimum to have an audience created from that is uh, 20, I believe, right now with Facebook. But what I would recommend is once you get it installed, then you can start running your ads and pushing more traffic to your website. And if you're pushing more traffic to the site, it'll build up that audience a lot faster. Um, so once you've got the pixel installed, I would go through and the first campaign I would create if it's a local business is what I call a brand awareness campaign. There's no real major call to action. It's not going to be um, trying to get them to download or purchase anything. It's just to get your name out there and let people know that you're there in the area. Um, Facebook has a lot of different settings when you go to create ads. And if you go, you know, just create a brand new ad through the ad manager, there's like 15 different options for, I want to send people to my website. I want to get them to like my page. I want to do all these different things. Um, I would recommend starting the one that there actually is a new one now called local. I think it's local awareness is what they call it. Um, and that will help you serve your ads to people in the local area who are potential customers for you. Um, just to kind of get your face out there in front of people and get your brand's name in front of people on a regular basis. Yeah, that's um, that's something I, I see happen a lot is people get frustrated with Facebook ads because they just basically, they post an ad and they target it to who they think it might uh, appeal to and they let it run a week and they they don't see any results from it. They get frustrated and, and then they just don't, they write off Facebook um, so what are, what are some tips to avoid that? What are, what are, so we've got the pixel installed, we've ran our awareness campaign. Now we want to start getting some results. What, what so could as far we, as the local awareness campaign, I know there's multiple places you can run the local awareness uh, campaign. There's the ad manager, 
There's just going through your business page. What would you suggest be the easiest for someone to kind of dive into that? Because I know some are going to be a little bit more advanced in, in tweaking the features versus others where it's going to be a little bit easier to kind of just get your feet wet. The biggest problem with the easiest route is that it's going to cost you the most money and give you the least results. Um, the easiest route is to go in and boost a post for 10 bucks because you can go right on your page and for within three clicks, you've got an ad running to a random target audience that Facebook has chosen for you. Um, so I recommend using just the ad manager that's built into Facebook. If you go to your settings, you can choose the ad manager. If you really want to dig in and go deeper, you can use the Chrome. You have to use the Chrome browser and you can use the power editor, um, but that's advanced beyond what most people need to use. The basic editor has pretty much everything they could need built into it for us starting out. So once you've got your brand awareness ads running, um, that's when the real work kind of comes in. Um, I love my dry erase boards and I use them. I have like three sitting right across the room and I use them all the time. So before you start running any ads that have a target to try to cause the visitors to take some kind of action, you need to map out what that's going to look like. And it's, it's in, the, in the form of a sales funnel. Uh, what I would do is I would try to craft figure out what it is that you want the end user to do. What is the ultimate goal for conversion for you? If you have a local shop, that's probably getting someone to walk in your door and you're trying to get somebody to walk in and say, Hey, here's my problem and, and pay you for the service. If you're running something where you do on-site calls, you're probably going to have the goal of getting them to call you or fill out a form or contact you through the chat on your website. Uh, so, figure out what that goal looks like for your business. And that's the end point where you're trying to get with all of these ads. From there, you can run, you can create an ad that will run sending people to a page that specifically asks them to do that thing that you're wanting them to do. If you're trying to get them to give you a call and schedule an appointment to fix their, you know, their server, then run that and set that all up on one landing page, run the ad specifically for that and target that to, to the audience that you've been building. Now, the best way to get the most results out of your ads is to have multiple stages to that funnel where you have what, what I call micro-conversions, where maybe the user didn't call you for an appointment yet, but they did download the checklist that you gave them of five things you need to know about uh, your computer before you bring it in to get it fixed. There's all these different little transactions that you can have with a, a user that will help you build the trust between you because um, I think it was, I think maybe Zig Ziglar said it, um, if people like you, they'll listen to you, but if they trust you, they'll do business with you. And you've got to build up that trust factor. Yeah, I know personally from experience, uh, I normally don't purchase anything from an ad unless I've either been following the person or company for a while or I've seen a few ads that have kind of taken me on a journey or, or told me a story. Um, it's rare that I would click the first ad I see from a company I've never heard of. So I can see how applying that to your own ads would make sense. It, you're playing a long game. You know, you're getting people to know you and trust you before you uh, expect them to make a transaction with you. Oh, I just whip out my credit card and just put everything in there. <laughs> uh, I know some people who do do that. <laughs> Personally, I don't. <laughs> and there's certain businesses that lend themselves really well to that. For example, if you did emergency computer repair and it was you're always getting calls from people that need something right now and you're trying to reach people at their time of need, um, that kind of thing lends itself well to a conversion on first interaction because they're not necessarily looking for the most 
reputable provider or the best provider. They're just looking for someone that can do it right now. So you kind of have to figure out what, that's why you have to determine what your, what your ultimate goal is for those visitors. And I know with Facebook, uh, one of the cool things you can do is you can run a bunch of different versions of your ad at the same time to see which one performs the best. Um, and I've heard different philosophies about how to make that work. Like how many different versions should you run at one time? Some people say just do an AB test. Some people say, you know, run a, a bunch and then have, have it sort itself out. And then how long should you, should you let it run before you choose a winner? Can you kind of speak to, to how that works? So when I first start up, uh, let me get some terminology out. So there are campaigns, there are ad groups, and there are ads. Uh, when I start a campaign, that campaign is going to have the ultimate goal of converting visitors to give me a phone call. Okay, that's going to be my campaign. In that campaign, I'm going to create ad groups that are targeting different segments of people. And within those ad groups, I'm going to create different ads to try to speak to those segments. So those, ad, those ads I create within an ad group, when I start out, I always do four. You don't need to, but I always do. Um, because it gives me an idea of what that audience is tending towards whenever they're looking at the ads and choosing and favoring an ad. Uh, then I take my top two ads, I let them run for a while, and then I just constantly, I'm, I never have less than two ads running. So I'm constantly taking the worst performing ad, pausing it, and creating a new ad, letting it run for a while, comparing the numbers, and then just repeating the cycle over and over. Um, a good rule of thumb with Facebook ads is when you're doing it and you're getting a decent amount of impressions, like you're not, if you're not targeting a super specific audience where you're only getting you know, 20 or 30 impressions a day, you're getting hundreds and thousands of impressions, I'd give it about 2,500 impressions before you decide a winner mm -hmm. uh, on your, on your uh, favored ad. Facebook will kind of do that for you if you tell it to. It will say, okay, here's um, people are favoring this one. We're going to run it more often. So if you're trying to truly go in and manage everything yourself, you've got to turn off some settings. But uh, for the most part, Facebook does a really good job of, of figuring out which ad people like and showing it to them because Facebook's best interest is to get you to have people click on your ads so they can take your money. <laughs> right. So they, they want you to be successful. Yes. They're, they have a joint interest in you being successful. So Cool. Um, are there any other just kind of general mistakes that you see people who might just be jumping into Facebook ads for the first time or making and, and other things to look out for? The biggest mistake I see anybody make is just running ads. Say I've got a local computer repair shop and I want to run some Facebook ads. I've got a Facebook page with a couple hundred likes. I'm going to go in the ad manager, create ad, okay, target everybody, run the ad, and send the traffic to my homepage. That is the best way to spend a lot of money on Facebook ads and get absolutely nothing for it. Um, your targeting of your audience is going to make a big difference in how much you pay and how successful it is. And the uh, destination of that traffic is going to make a big difference. So um, using targeted landing pages for each of your ads that's going to speak to exactly what it is you want them to do and what it is you're trying to get across in that interaction. You're not trying to get somebody through a Facebook ad to come onto your website and look at every page on your website because they're not going to. They're on their phones and they're scrolling through and they see something interesting. They'll click on it, they'll scroll down, and they'll go back. So 
you need to figure out what they need to do on that page and create a page for that and send them to that page. And then as far as the targeting goes, I hear this from like every single small business I work with when we first start working together. I say, who is your target audience? And they go, well, everybody. And I say, okay, well, everybody doesn't have a computer and you're a computer repair shop. Well, fine. We're targeting everybody with computers. Okay. No, you're not targeting everybody with computers because I can fix my own computer. So you're, I'm, I'm useless to you. Okay. Well, we're targeting people that don't understand computers and so you need to drill down and figure out who is your ideal target market for the specific thing you're running ads for. If you're running ads on for a uh, class on the basics of using your computer, you might want to target that to people who are 55 and older and in the local area within 10 miles willing to come out for trying to get them to come out for a workshop. But if you're targeting, you know, some service that's geared towards IT professionals, you want to drill down into the Facebook demographics and target those people specifically. So defining your target and then giving them a landing page is two of the biggest things you can do to cut down on the waste in your spend. Yeah. There's a couple of things on that too. Um, one of those, like you just mentioned, getting a, getting a, uh, your avatar, your, your ideal customer, figuring out who you want to service. And we actually covered that on the computer business podcast with uh, John Pyron and we'll have that episode number, um, when this show comes out with the show notes. Um, but essentially the other thing that you mentioned too, that I kind of wanted to bring back to, I know you mentioned that 2,500 impressions is kind of the idea of at least saying, Hey, this is a winner or kind of getting a feel of this ad is actually making some traction. What's the duration that you should let the ad run for before you say, okay, we're already <laughs> grinding out X amount of dollars. Maybe we need to move on to the next ad. That's really difficult to say because the, the, the money and the time is all relevant to the size of the audience and the okay. relevance for that audience. Um, I have my clients sign up for a three-month contract minimum just because it takes us that first month just to figure out who their audience is, where they're at, and, and get our campaigns kind of set up and running. Um, after that, it's a lot of tweaking going forward. When you're spending... The general, a general rule of thumb is the broader your audience, the cheaper your ads are going to be, but the less effective they will be. The more specific your audience, the more expensive it's going to be per impression or per click, but it's going to be much more effective. So if, I'm, if I were to, for example, upload my email list of 500 people and target just that email list, I may pay $3 a click to get them to click through to my website. But if I were to target everyone within a 20-mile radius of me, I would pay, you know, 30 cents a click. So it's yeah. all based on how broad your audience is and how uh, broad your, your uh, targeting is. Gotcha. Yeah. And that, so it sounds like really um, to, to have to run an effective Facebook ad campaign, you really want to think about it in the broad marketing funnel sense where you, you have – you know, you have to come up with your ideal client and your your target client and, and figure out who that is and then have some sort of offer for them or have a mailing list or something you want them to sign up for. Get the Facebook ad to funnel them to there um, and then, you know, work on your landing page. And these are all topics we, we can have entire podcast episodes about. Have your landing page speak, to speak specifically for them. Um, and then, you know, make sure you know how you want them to convert. Do you want them to call you? Do you want them to visit you? Do you want them to sign up for your list? 
all that stuff needs to be worked out. So this is stuff you got to plan and you got to really come up with a strategy and, and think it all the way through and not just click boost on a post or throw some money at Facebook and hope that it's going to work out at the end um, is, is what I'm gathering from this. And, and I've already taken some notes <laughs> myself uh, about what I'm going to try next. So awesome. Um, I, I hear you've also been kind of looking into some of uh, Facebook's plans in the future and, and where they're looking to take the ad platform uh, next. What, what have you uh, seen as far as that's concerned? Yeah, so they've, they've announced several different things over the last couple of years that are really interesting as they've introduced ads. Um, last year, they warned us that sometime mid-2017, they would reach um, kind of a peak saturation level for their ads in the Facebook newsfeed. Uh, meaning that for every X number of posts that you see that are from someone that you like or are friends with, you're going to see one ad. They have now reached that limit that they've kind of imposed on themselves saying, we don't want to show any more ads in the newsfeed than we're showing right now. So they're kind of at a cap on how many ads they can allow to run at any given time, which should drive the price up if that was where they were stopping. But they've introduced a lot of new things lately that are going to help keep that price down. Um, if anyone has run videos on Facebook as either ads or even organically, I mean, the live video we're doing now, you'll see that Facebook favors video and it highly favors video. And it has for the last you know, year and a half, two years. And I think one of the reasons for that is because video gives you another opportunity to monetize that isn't as obnoxious as the sponsored news post. Every time you scroll, you see two sponsored posts and one real post. That would that would cause people to leave. So they're adding these video ads now um, that should be rolling out now throughout the next few months, where you're going to see in the middle of a video an ad come up, or maybe you'll see videos or ads overlaid on the bottom of the video, or you'll see them pre-roll before the video starts. Um, introducing video ads is one way they're dealing with that. Um, that cap on ads is also not talking about their Instagram ads or their ads that you can send directly to Facebook Messenger, which is a whole other uh, system they have. So you you kind of, I would expect Facebook ads for a very short time to get a little bit more expensive just because it is an auction. You're bidding against everybody else who is targeting the same people that you are. But in the long term, they're adding more venues to show those ads. So I expect it should keep the cost down around where it is right now. So. Yeah, there's so many different nooks and crannies in Facebook that people hang out in and the groups and the messenger and everything. And so, yeah, I, I can see where it feels like Facebook is is saturated already with ads, um, but there's a lot of places it's not showing ads. So as a, as a person who uses Facebook, I'm not too excited about that. But uh, we were talking before the show and you, you mentioned, and I tend to agree that um, as the targeting gets better with these ads, you're only really seeing ads that should be technically relevant to you that you you care about that you're interested in. So even though we might be seeing more ads, uh, it's not bothering us too much because we're seeing ads that, that about stuff that we like or that we care about. Right. Yeah. Cool. Um, awesome. Well, I, I think that's going to wrap it up for the interview. A lot of great uh, things to chew on and think about uh, really just kind of, you know, the overall strategy that you take with, uh, with Facebook ads um, definitely needs a lot of thought, uh, and and it's something you got to experiment with. I'm, I'm finding is you just got to kind of keep trying different things and seeing how it works and seeing how it plays out. It's not something that you just create an ad and and you get people to sign up or, or call you. Um, there's there's definitely some some thought and work involved, but it can definitely pay out pay off. Um, especially like you said with the the branding and the get and the trusting and the getting yourself out there. 
there's no better way to get people to know about you than to just show up in their Facebook feed. <laughs> so um, <laughs> that's definitely very cool. So how can people uh, reach out to you if they want to uh, maybe hit you up and, and, uh, and hire you to, to help them out with Facebook ads? Sure. They can uh, reach me through my website, thehatmen.com, T-H-E-H-A-T-M-E-N. So Awesome. Well, thanks for being a guest on the show. Oh, real quick before you go, uh, is there anyone that you uh, think would be a good guest for us to, to bring on the show? Anyone you want to recommend? Um, talking about uh, Facebook ads and, and pay-per-click and stuff like that, I'd love to see somebody like John Loomer uh, come on here, but I'm not, not sure if you've got the uh, clout to get him yet, but in the long term, hey, I'd like hey, to see hey, him. Hey. Oh, <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll challenge accepted. We're We're I'd love to see someone like John Loomer on here. He puts me to shame. He's amazing, and, and you guys should check out his blog and his podcast. He's got some awesome stuff on specifically all on Facebook ads. Um, cool. But there's a few people in the WP Elevation group. I'd love, I'd love to see Mike Killing get on here and uh, yeah, talk about because like he's, he's more in the strategy side of things for digital marketing because Facebook, Facebook is a component of digital marketing and the ad side of things. But um, you've got to have that strategy or you're going to waste a lot of money. So, Yep. Awesome. Yeah, I've already talked to Mike and, and it looks like he's game for it. So that's going to be cool. Awesome. Thanks again, Robert, for being a guest on the show. And we'll, we'll have to bring you back later on to, to dig deeper. Because, I mean, there's so many different facets of, of even just Facebook ads that we can talk about, let alone Google ads and all the other ad platforms. So um, thanks again, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right, sounds good. All right, guys, um, we're going to uh, jump into the computer business tip. But before we do that, we uh, want to give a shout out to uh, our other sponsor. Um, this podcast is brought to you by TechSite Builder. Uh, we all know TechSite Builder is the place where you can go to get a website for your computer business up and running quickly, easily, and effectively. So really, you don't have to worry about all the headaches of hosting or keeping your site secure or updated. We take care of all of that stuff for you. You just sign up, you build your site, and it's there and it's ready to go. We also give you lots of tutorials to make sure your site's effective, that it's converting those visitors you can also, through TechSite Builder, create those landing pages pages that Robert was talking about. So every time you create a new Facebook ad, um, what was it, ad group, or uh, yeah, ad group, where you want to specifically target a certain uh, segment of users, you can create that landing page in TechSite Builder uh, that speaks to that particular group. And we make it really easy with the new uh, page builder that we implemented here recently. So you can just drag and drop the stuff around, change some of the wording, add some pictures, put a nice big button there at the bottom that people can click or put your phone number nice and big there. And uh, it makes it really easy to just knock those things out. So it's, it's just a no-brainer to create those new pages. You can do all that and more at TechSite Builder. Check it out at TechSiteBuilder.com. All right, guys, uh, we uh, now have our marketing tip of the week, uh, which is uh, something that Paco brought up. Um, why don't you tell us about uh, what your tip is this week? Well, I technically didn't really bring it up, but I kind of figured this is a good thing to highlight. Um, short and simply, work on your contact those page people. This is a big page that a lot of traffic tends to go to. And I think a lot of us just really think of it as just a form for someone to go ahead and really just get to either reach out to us or we're thinking as a, as a communication vessel where we're not thinking about it as a two-way street where we can communicate back to the actual client or prospect that's reaching out to us. And there's so much information that you can go ahead and put in there. So um, the tech site builder recently just put a post uh, a couple of days ago. Um, I 
definitely we'll we'll probably put we'll have that in the show notes, right? Yep. Yeah. So we'll have that in the show notes. But if you don't want to wait to the show notes, go over to Tech Site Builders. Uh, is it on the Facebook page too, or is it just on Twitter? Uh, it's. I think it's on the Facebook page. Um, okay. Definitely on so, Twitter. <laughs> so like like us on the Facebook page, and yep. then go over to the Twitter and follow us on the Twitter page as well. Um, and take a look at the article that is posted out there. Um, that we put out, and it has a lot of great information and great tips on how to improve your contact us page. Yeah, basically, you know, just don't make it a form. Have uh, all of your info there. Your uh, your different contact info, including social media, um, and and then why people should contact you, uh, and make sure to have that information there. Um, and not just have a form and nothing else uh, and make it a, a make it a fun page for people to visit. Awesome. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of the uh, Computer Business Marketing Show. Let's keep the conversation going. Head on over to computerbusinessmarketing.com and let us know what you think in the comments of the show notes over there. And don't forget, you can send questions or feedback to mail at techsitebuilder.com. Or again, just visit uh, the website and all the information is there. Yep. And if you listen to the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher, be sure to give us a shout out and leave a review. We love to hear your feedback and every comment helps us so that the podcast can be found by others out there. Finally, don't forget to check out our sponsors, Tech Site Builder and the DC Unconvention 2017. Thank you again for watching the Computer Business Marketing Show. This is Matthew Rodella. And this is Paco LeBron. Saying here's to your success. Mm-hmm.